Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. We are the generation entrusted with the most pressing challenges of our millennia. To effectively address the diverse challenges requires a quantum leap forward in our ability to come together, cooperate, and coordinate our efforts to protect life on Earth, all life on Earth. Our health and the health of all species requires us to return to a deeper wisdom rooted in our inherent wholeness, our fundamental interconnectedness, and to reclaim our role as co-stewards of the intricate web of life. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, open your mind and heart, and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our our guest, Dr. Shelley Ostroff, is an author, leadership consultant, and planetary activist focused on initiating and supporting whole systems healing processes on a global level. She is the founder of Together in Creation, Seven Days of Rest, Codes for a Healthy Earth, World Water Law, and World Water Year 2021. All platforms and initiatives dedicated to the healing and replenishment of the planet and all its inhabitants. Welcome back, Shelley. Thank you so much, Julie. It's so good to be here again. It's so nice to have you here. And you know, I usually have a traditional first question here on the Dr. Julie show. And I'm going to just tweak it a little bit. Instead of asking, what does all things connected mean to you? I'm really curious, what does all things connected mean in terms of radical healing? Mm. What a wonderful question. Um, So... It's so relevant at this moment as uh, we approach the upcoming events, which we'll talk about. But for me, with uh, the COVID virus, I think um, it enabled a quantum shift in human consciousness around understanding the degree to which our health is interdependent with the health of each other. And in particular, with with the health of the foundations of life, of water, of air, of the soil, of the climate of our relationship with fire, of biodiversity, you know, and of the codes of the web of life. And so um, the COVID virus has given us the gift of really understanding health in this ancient new way. Our health is dependent. Uh, It's not personal, it's systemic. And um, so especially when we look at water, and we understand that water is the source and the sustenance and the medicine of all life, we can recognize that when we, um, when we impact water in a negative way, when we undermine water, when we contaminate water, when we are not allowing for the healthy flow of water, there's a cascade effect on all of life. And without pure, clean, natural, uncontaminated water, we can... We really cannot thrive 
And that, to me, I mean, water connects all of us. We are, uh, they say, more than 99% molecules of our body are water. So if our water is not healthy, it's quite clear that none of us can be healthy. And none of life can be healthy when we actually attack these very foundations like water, the source of life. Mm. You know, I just had this vision flash when you were speaking um, that I hadn't thought about in this way. But I'm going to drop this in and expand on on water here in a second because um, I think this is important. As you were speaking that water, um, to the water, you were speaking prior to that about this radical healing and all things connected. And you said health isn't personal, it's systemic. And at that moment, I saw the planetary body as whole with individual cells getting sicker and sicker. And, you know, I've talked about that and thought about that and, and <laughs> written about that so often, but it, it was really real when you, when you said health isn't personal, it's systemic. It's like our health um, isn't our health. It's a part of this greater whole system. And when I saw that body with all the cells getting sick, I'm, I'm seeing an individual body um, of a loved one that I know that, that literally is getting sicker and sicker and weaker and weaker right now. And he's to the point where breathing is really, really difficult. Sitting up is really, really. So I'm like seeing that in the whole systems. So this morning, Shelley, I read an essay that suggests that coming into right relationship with our earth and our water would be the best thing we can do for the pandemic. And I'm, I'm wondering if you could muse into that insight with me. Your video says, I'm just going to quote it because I think it's beautiful. When we protect and prioritize water for all, we cultivate the foundations for a healthy global community and ecosystem. We strengthen our individual and collective immune systems, and we restore the conditions for all life to thrive. You just mentioned that in your response here. And I'm wondering, um, before we move into some of these events and things that are happening, is that as, as I mentioned that one planetary body and individual cells within that body getting sicker and sicker, how can water be our medicine right now as we're looking at that? Well, that's a really good question. Um, and this requires uh, us really to rethink our relationship with water um, and go even much deeper into that, our relationship with all of life. Um, but if we understand that we are the water we drink in very literal ways, we are taking in the water that we impact. And if we impact that water negatively, we will affect our health. And there's no, you know, water does not have boundaries. Water, um, we have one water body on the planet with many, and we are part of that water body. And so in order to really think about our health, we need to understand the impact of water on our health and understand that uh, the state of our health individually and collectively has a lot to do with the water that we drink. 
Now, our water is being undermined in, a, in such a dramatic way in terms of um, really distorting its natural vitalizing properties. The amount of contaminants, the amount of manipulation, the amount of um, blockages of the information that wants to flow from life into life is, uh, is really being um, destroyed by human activity. And this cannot but affect our health. Uh, and it's no use trying to get bottled water because bottled water also has enormous contaminants in it. And we have distorted the understanding of, you know, scientifically safe water is not what we're really talking about. We're talking about natural, uncontaminated water with the um, with the codes of nature as nature intended, the, the original laws of nature, the original codes of nature, which are the laws or, or the codes, I would say, that have been around for eternity and that from which we are all birthed. So to really uh, understand the intricate, intimate link between health and water, and many people are much more articulate about this than I am, we have to also... Um, understand that in order to create health, it is not about another vaccine. And it's, it's not about um, getting a few more liters of uh, water through very uh, extractive technology to, more, uh, to, to the wealthy who can afford it. It's to really address this issue at source, because if we don't address what is happening to the waters at source, even if we are able to continue, some of us, to sustain ourselves with the water that we're receiving throughout the, through the taps or through bottled water, the entire planet's um, regulatory system, the climate, uh, will will not will not be in balance. It will the uh, amount of disease that will occur uh, will come from every angle. So we can address one virus here and one virus there, but we are not cultivating health. We are not starting with a source of health. We are not st starting with a protection and um, and nourishment of our source waters and ensuring the uh, the regulation, the balance of the of the water cycle. And I would say if there was one thing that can really uh, transform and heal many of our chronic diseases, they, they say most of our chronic diseases, actually, you can find a trace in the water of what's happening, you know, through the water that we're taking in. Mm. And of course, that means the air as well and the soil, because the soil is watered with the water that we, you know, that, that is full of hormones and full of contaminants and full of all sorts of different um, pesticides and chemicals. So we're, we're really, we're really in, a, in quite an unusually um, difficult situation in relationship to water right now, even though it is such a precious, the most precious element that we have to our survival and to our health. Mm. So we're talking about radical healing and there's an event that we're going to bring in in a, in a few minutes here or even after break. But I want to just... Um, presence these three words that you write about as vitalizing codes of water before we get off the subject because I think it's really important for our listeners to begin to reframe how we see water and and rethink it reimagine and reprioritize so we really understand what we're talking about and those three words Shelley are you you talk about water as source with mm -hmm. a capital S sustenance and a unifier of all life. Mm -hmm. I love those three words. Can mm -hmm. you expand on, especially, you know, we 
all three work together, but I'll just, I'll just let you muse into this because I think that all three of these words are really important for us to really embody this understanding in our relationship with water. Mm-hmm. So on the most simple level, you know, we all birthed from water. Water is an essential part of the birthing process on a physical level. Um, but many talk about the fact that uh, water is everywhere. It's within us, between us. And so water really creates the uh, substance from which all life is birthed, not only human life, but it is the substance which gives itself to the, um, to the enabling of life to happen and in which it happens. So that's the source aspect. And, you know, I won't go into the uh, necessarily into the um, sacred aspect of water, but most uh, if not all traditions, faith traditions, sacred traditions, have recognized water as sacred, as the source of life. And some have even um, presented it as the manifestation of source in, on the planet. So one can go very far in, in as one delves into the nature of water, both on a scientific level now, they're discovering much about water that they haven't yet known in terms of uh, its, existing, its existence on many, many different planes. And also the sacred um, level, we really understand that this foundational element of life is source. We, we cannot live without it and we cannot be birthed without it. The sustenance, I think, is is quite clear in terms of the fact that what unites life is that we all need water, and that we all are primarily our, our major, our primary substance is water. So um, we need water to sustain us, not only to sustain us, but to sustain uh, our daily, you know, our daily um, movements through the through the cycle of the day. How many times a day do we actually? Um, enjoy the benefits of water from the moment we wake up until the moment we go to sleep. There are so many ways that water is an integral part of sustaining us. And finally, the medicine. You know, one of the things I've learned, and again, um, there are people that have researched this far more than I have, but it speaks to me almost intuitively as well, that when, um, when we drink natural, uncontaminated water. Apparently, it has a very different structure from the water that we're drinking on a daily basis. We tend to think of, of water only as uh, fluid, um, but if you, can look, if you can recognize that every snowflake, every uh, ice crystal has a unique, magnificent, harmonious, hexagonal shape, we recognize that there is an internal code of water that um, that is structured, that we not that is not necessarily visible to the human eye, but it's implicit there the whole time. So this structure of water, this, geome- this geometric structure, uh, in its multiple forms, is informing the way in which we grow, informing the way in which our body reacts. But it creates coherence. It creates a um, a uh, it, it's it's almost like brings the body into a coherent, resonant state with the harmonies of the universe when the water is clear. And so in order to ha- for it to be the medicine, it's not enough just to drink bottled water. It's essential that we start to um, go back to drinking the natural uncontaminated water that still has that, that vivid memory, that live memory um, of uh, the information that vitalizes all of life. 
and that has a very deep medicinal effect. It kind mm-hmm. of brings that those codes, the water codes, the way that I see it or sense it, brings the body back into harmony, into resonance with its original structure. Wow. And you know, as as a healer, we often speak that, you know, we don't heal anyone, we create the conditions for healing to come forward. And we're talking about radical healing today as the theme for this next seven days of rest and then the world water year 2021 as we move forward. And and as you're talking about this, that the water creates that coherence, which then literally um, is a beautiful segue for us to really understand that with pure clean water that has that aliveness that has that essential coating that you talk about we're we're creating more coherent conditions for our individual cultural and planetary healing to come forward exactly we're honoring the original conditions of life that has, you know, that have evolved over billions of years. We are honoring the waters of life as they are there to give themselves so generously to all of life. But water gives us what we offer it back. You know, water is there to give us its fullness, its love, its its vitality, its everything. But if we um, if we impact water in a negative way, water is our mirror, and it will reflect back to us that contaminated thought structure that um, so it's only going to be as medicinal as the love and the uh, honoring that we give it if if we um, impact the nature of water then it, it will lose its medicinal process, uh, properties and what we you know what we call water that we put in our mouth uh, in our mouth after taking it out of a tap that has gone that has been you know uh, the water's gone through straight lines, straight pipes. Um, for a long time, it's been contaminated with a lot of the, uh, you know, what's what's in our water um, um, at the moment is, is full of so much of the pollutants that we're putting into it. It's not going to have that medicinal effect. So if we're going to really do the radical healing that we need, especially at this time when we're recognizing just how critical our collective how, our disease is, um, we really need to address the source of health, which is water. And most of our, unfortunately, most of the attempts, whether they are real attempts for healing or profit agenda attempts, deal with symptoms rather than with the source. So the beauty of the World Water Year 2021 and the seven days of rest and radical healing and the World Water Law is to remember um, this... um, Remember to honor the source of life. Remember to protect it as the source of life, as the source of our health, and really ensure that all of life, all humans, all animals, all ecosystems have guaranteed access to natural, uncontaminated water. And that healing of the water sources also means healing our relationship with water in a different way. It means recognizing that... um, Water, the law of water, the original law of water is to offer itself generously to all of life without privilege, without, priv- without privilege and without prejudice. And yet humanity has violated this original law and has 
take it upon itself to own water, to take it away from other life, to take it away from other forms of life, to take it away from other human beings, to own it. And this violates that original law of water, which is that it flows and circulates through the entire system. So the minute you dominate water, for me, this is a colonialist attitude to water, which then infiltrates every aspect of our culture. You know, the first act of colonialism, one can say, is to colonize the water, to colonize it by owning it and to colonize it by even contaminating it, penetrating it with uh, information that is not integral to water. This is, you know, the fundamentals of colonialism. So we are imprinting the water with human um, culture, which is disconnected from life. And many, many water protectors and healers of indigenous nations have spoken to this for so many, many thousands of years. And yet we are at a situation now where we have become so disconnected from that. And the mainstream narrative, uh, which is a reductionist scientific one, which refers to it in abstract terms like H2O, does not give anyone, a child, an adult, anyone the understanding of this living being uh, this relation of ours, which many indigenous calls it, water is not a, is not a resource. It's a relation. It's a relation. It is source. There's so many other ways of describing water. So yes, for me, uh, having you know gone through this this process of talking more and more deeply to water, I really do see that if we are to heal together, we need to come together and first and foremost prioritize the healing of our planetary waters and watersheds. And in that focusing on water, we focus on life. We channel our energies into supporting life, nourishing life, healing life. And this is the one, you know, we spoke also about the unifier of all life, which means that this is the one thing that humanity can come together to get behind, to work for, because it is so intimate and essential for all of us. I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm, I'm thinking about this, the unifier, this, the source, everything that you're speaking of is sustenance and the, that the water being a living being, the aliveness of water, natural uncontaminated water as with the source code. And I'm, as I'm thinking about everything you've just spoken about, with water and literally how it needs to circulate, be open, be free, that it's, it's a part of this living organism, not something to dominate or own or control or contaminate and change. Um, I'm also hearing the words, I just had a conversation with Irvin Laszlo and we were talking about evolution on the planet and, and literally healing and building a better world. And he said, you know, we don't have to engineer or manage or organize this change we just simply need to allow the world to build itself when we come back to our wholeness, to this sense of health. And, and I'm seeing the relationship with water as the central um, carrier, if you would, of this impulse of evolution, this impulse of creation itself. I wonder, we have a few minutes before break, but I wonder if that intrigues you enough um, to perhaps speak to, to water as this consciousness that's carrying the blueprint for building a better world. Mm. 
you know, yesterday I had this um, sentence that came to me. Imagine the the <laughs> the life over millions of years of one single drop of water. Mm. And so for me, water is indeed the foundation of evolution of consciousness. Water is consciousness. That water carries consciousness. Water has consciousness. Water evolves in its consciousness. Water has been around forever. And water has been through almost every, I mean, through every aspect of life. And that memory, that meta um, computer of water that holds all of these memories of all of life over all of eternity. Um, you can imagine it as this vast, vast intelligence that is constantly giving itself as well as giving itself to the evolution of life, but also processing that evolution in order to create and evolve the conditions for life to thrive. So it's carried through the water. Um, so just a big yes to what you said. From water, um, I think that water holds that evolutionary code. And if you look at the way in which water um, travels and circulates through the system, you can see how it, it gives itself to circulating not only through all of life, but also through the different dimensions. So um, there's a... Uh, Dr. Gerald Pollack has, speaks of the fourth phase of water. We think we we are often used to thinking of three phases, but water, you know, moves from solid to liquid to gas. He also speaks of a gel-like um, substance that water becomes. And I have I imagine that there are many many more states of water that we haven't even begun to realize, in, including the way in which water processes information both locally and globally simultaneously. So you can imagine mm -hmm. each water drop as a bit in this vast computer that holds a holographic um, fractal of the vast water body with its own unique information. And that there's an interaction between the information of the, in of the water drop and that vast infinite ocean of water and that meta uh, uh, information processing aspect that is constantly analyzing the information moving between the water drops and being between the water beings and making sense of it in order to support the evolution of life. Mm, you know, this isn't just... Um... Uh, a, a fun woo-woo story to contemplate. Really, there's science behind all of this piece. And so as we're sitting here musing on it, it's like deepening into this vast intelligence. This vast intelligence is informing us right now and informing this conversation between you and I right now. How delightful is that idea? Absolutely, you know, and I think that this is also um, one of the secrets of, of spirituality is allowing water to flow through us and inform us in, a, in an uncontaminated natural way so that we let go of our constrictions of thought, our constrictions of emotions and really allow that fluidity. It's of, of both of the water but also of the consciousness and the emotions that is, you know, that water carries. So it, 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 
it never fails to amaze me. Um, as I deepen my meditations with water, my understanding, my research, my speaking with uh, many different people around water, um, there's so much vastness that, you know, I had never contemplated until now that is, is just takes me into, into this place of mystery and awe and reverence. Beautiful and brilliant. I'm Julie Kroll. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show. We're here with Dr. Shelley Ostroff talking about water, talking about radical healing. We're going to talk about how you can get involved with these ideas and what's emerging for 2021. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, more on radical healing and Dr. Shelley Ostroff. You're struggling with your mortgage. You think about it. You don't do anything but think about it. What are we going to do if we lose the house? Where are we going to go? At work. I can't let anybody find out. I'm so embarrassed. At dinner. How can I tell the kids? It's going to wreck their lives. And at 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get through this. What's going to happen to us? It's time to stop thinking. It's time to start dialing. Call 1-888-995-HOPE for a free government program that offers expert one-on-one advice about your mortgage options. I'm all alone. No, you're not. We've helped over a million homeowners, and we want to help you. And now there are more ways to help. Call 1-888-995-HOPE or visit makinghomeaffordable.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. Smile. Smile, buddy. Come on. Smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. (sighs) Yeah. Maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at autismspeaks.org signs, or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Time starts now. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Where can you find the answers to these questions? Car crashes are one of the leading killers of U.S. children. Many of those deaths could be prevented by making sure that kids are in the right seat for their age and size. Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. That's safercar.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I invite you to be a more conscious courageous and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful healthy world we depend on or perhaps healing world as we're talking about radical healing today you can do that come work with me there's lots of different ways you can do that check out those opportunities at juliecrawl.com and get over the whole Org. I'm here today with Dr. Shelley Ostroff. You can find her. I'm going to give you three different websites because I know you're going to be intrigued. Find her primary work at togetherincreation.com. Also, look at 7daysofrest.org. That's 7days-of-rest.org. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. And the amazing Codes for Healthy Earth, look for those at codes.earth. If you go to codes.earth, you'll probably find everything you're needing for the rest of this, but also 7daysofrest.org. Shelley, welcome back to the second half. Seven Days of Rest is this annual co-creative event inviting individuals and groups around the world to initiate and join locally and online for healing and replenishment of the planet and all of its inhabitants. This is the fourth year, 2021. The first seven days in January will be year four. The event was precipitated by a vision that you had in May of 2017. And I love the vision and I, I want to dig in more to the event, but I want you just briefly in a minute or two, just kind of share the the vision that precipitated this this fourth annual event now, because I think it's really important in setting the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, at the, in 2017, um, I had a very powerful vision where it was as if mother earth was saying to me, what I need now is seven days of rest, seven days where what I saw in my mind's eye was, uh, a kind of a moratorium on business as usual, a vast reduction of the noise of, of busyness. And um, I saw people around the world holding sacred space for this deep intention and experience of recalibrating with the, um, with the vibration of rest, uh, the, the foundational rest where Mother Earth rests, where the waters rest, where everything rests as the, as the foundation for our collective healing. So we know that when we're ill, uh, one of the first things we need is rest. Uh, we need the rest for the body to be able to recuperate itself, to begin to activate its immune system. When the body's under constant stress, it can't really heal itself. And we've put the body of the planet under so much constant ongoing stress that she is in critical state right now. And what I was seeing was an open global event where people were just holding sacred space for this. 
And I didn't really know, um, you know, how that would manifest. Uh, but what became clear to me over the, uh, as I was preparing for it, was to that that these seven days at the beginning of the new year were an opportunity for people to seed the uh, collective field of consciousness, the collective intention, channel our new year intentions into something beyond ourselves, into this this global healing. So during the first year in 2018, I saw that it was supposed to take place from January the 1st to the 7th. And um, it's become a tradition to see the year that way. I realized after that event that I was to do this at least for seven years and that there was a spiral of healing that would happen over these years uh, through the event and, um, uh, and obviously everything that was happening around the planet at that, you know, for the last few years. And now it feels like we've come to this crescendo um, of uh, the critical absolute radical exponential healing that we have to unite for. Um, or otherwise, you know, we, we continue this trauma vortex and it's clear that we're in the sixth mass extinction and um, that, the, that the disease is accelerating. So at this particular moment, as we embark on the, seven, uh, um, on the upcoming event from the 1st to the 7th of January 2021, we are really dedicating it to seven days of rest and radical healing. And given that we are also launching um, World Water Year 2021 as a year of implementing a, co uh, the, um, a proposal for a world water law that protects water uh, and ensures all humans and animals have guaranteed access to natural uncontaminated water, we're really dedicating this seven days of rest to healing ourselves at source. And when we focusing on water and all the different uh, and inviting in the wisdom, the healing practices, the intention, the learning, the honoring of water um, during this event as, as the primary medicine for our time. So the piece about uh, personal health and collective health you know, health is both personal and collective I mean, and systemic. I, I said it's not personal. It is also personal. We have a personal imprint. And we, in, through this imprint, we impact the global health and are impacted by it. So, um, but we can't, you know, it's, I think we're learning that it's, it's not very useful to focus only on our health personally. And, and that we all need to come together to address the collective health that we are all part of and in our everyday habits, especially those of us who have the luxury, luxury of choice, um, are really impacting our collective health through the, uh, through the way in which we um, relate to, to our consumerism, to our culture, to our everyday habits. And it's such an important insight to become aware of this, this interrelationship. And we hope that seven days of rest and radical healing, which focuses on it in an inspirational way around water as, um, as a, the foundational healer, can really offer this opportunity for rest, for reflection, and for moving into collective action towards the healing of our planetary waters immediately after that.
Yeah, and as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking it doesn't matter if someone's listening to the replay of this in September. The whole idea of this radical healing and World Water Year and and talking about um, these foundations of life is so healing, no matter when you're listening. I hope many listen before the seven days of rest. But I also want to just presence the themes of the days. I love that you chose the word radical and radical healing. And I love these themes as they're each encoded with a powerful medicine themselves. So mm-hmm. let's just kind of muse through them individually and just see what you want to share. I don't know if we'll have time to really expand on all of them, but we can literally touch base, touch down on each one of them individually for a few minutes here. Um, the first day one is integrity. Speak to integrity. So just to say something about how these themes came about, you know, I've been meditating with water for weeks now to ask what are the themes for the days? What is the water wisdom to muse into for each of those days that can inspire us to uh, both inspire our healing wisdom and also inspire us to recognize water as a primary teacher of all of these qualities, of all of these codes. So day one, um, the theme is integrity. And um, for me, the integrity of water is so profound on so many levels. You know, if you, as I said, if you just think about that snowflake that is held together with such precision, with the codes, with the, the, the geometric codes of harmony in diversity. You know, this is such a foundational code of life, it, and. Um, so the code of integrity, that which holds us together as a, uh, as a whole, as a healthy whole, where all parts are aligned, they're all in right relationship with each other, is encoded in water. That's part of the integrity. And this works at a fractal level as well as at a um, at cosmic, you know, almost the, the infinite level because the water body of the planet is also a coherent whole. So... Looking at that, to me, it inspires so much around integrity. And also the the piece about integrity here is that if water is not in in integrity, if we do not work with water in integrity, then we lose those codes. We will forget how to be in integrity. We can't be in integrity because we have destroyed that which keeps us in our wholeness in health. And of course, yeah, I mean, there's so much more to say about it in terms of, you know, our whole conflict at the moment around truth and fakeness and integrity. um, You know, you can see it at a, a, you know, on so many levels of the human psyche, as well as the human uh, physical body, the emotional body. What is the integrity of each of these? And for me, the the link between all of these different codes including integrity and water, just to start to to look at that dialogue between these codes and show what water is is a fascinating inquiry, which I hope will spark many more insights that haven't even yet come to me. Uh, I'm sure they will, because that's who you be, dear one. So let's move to fluidity, day two, fluidity. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, isn't, isn't that just such a magnificent water wisdom to become fluid and when I sense into fluidity you know Bruce Lee spoke about it beautifully he says be like water and you know we see how 
amazing. He gave himself to the energy to flow through him and fluidity is an essential part of health so that we know that stagnation goes against life. Life is always fluid. Life is always moving. And when we look at water, we can really understand more about this movability, this fluidity, this transience, the way in which water moves and um, and uh, someone said to me the other day, you know, water always finds its way back to its destination or, or finds its way to its destination. It works with the principles of life to flow with life to where it's most needed, to where it's most, uh, to where the wisdom of, of evolution has shaped the paths of water so that it most nourishes life. Mm. Okay, transmutation. <laughs> Day three. I can, we could go into all of these oh, and do a show yeah, on like, each one yeah, of them. Yeah. But, okay, mm -hmm. day three, transmutation. Mm. So imagine us learning how to heal ourselves by giving ourselves to water, like water does, to moving, to, to really letting go of form and becoming new form and moving through different forms in order to evolve and learn and distill the wisdom and come back to new spirals of that original form. So again, that the, you know, it's not just fluidity, but it's almost like fluidity that then also um, knows how to be fluid through different dimensions by taking on different forms. So there's something about water that is not reliant on any one state, which is extraordinary. And to me, it's a huge inspiration about what that, that allowing of that transmutation of letting go of forming and letting new form be birthed all the time uh, really means to us as we learn the healing wisdom of water and the healing, our own healing wisdom as water beings. Wow, I'm I'm sensing into that one drop that you talked about with, with all the the wisdom of all times into in. In that one drop, and then that snowflake, it's like, oh, yeah, the vast intelligence that's always there, even through transmutation. This is this is gorgeous. Okay, day four, circulation. Hmm. So as you can see, these different um, wisdoms are also connected to the, the chakra energy centers. Uh, the fourth day is the day of circulation, and this is the day, that, you know, connected to the heart chakra. So for me, the circulation is also that um, love in action. Mm. That, uh, you know, it's, uh, when I, it's also, you know, the fourth chakra is very much for me connected to the air. Um, and so for me, the, uh, the connection with the trees and the water is also very inspiring because we, when we look at trees as a, uh, as a water being, and the way that they have learned to circulate with air and become the um, the uh, creators, are, or, or you know the the transmuters of air, and they give us air to breathe through their connection with water. When you look at all of these, you're also looking at how water comes together with the other different foundations of life. Transmutation with fire. You know the first uh, the first chakra with integrity, but when we're talking about circulation, what we're really looking at is how all parts of the system are nourished. It goes, you know, in 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 the body, the heart pumps to all the different parts of the body. The tree gives, the, the life gives to the entire system. So it's this wisdom of generosity, 
and of non-prejudice and of really circulating through the whole so that the information uh, is both in, informs as and is informed by all of life and nothing is left out. Wow. The detail and precision of your design that comes through you because you meditate with the water is just exquisite, Shelley. This is amazing. Mm, okay, we have three more you. in just a few minutes. So I want to make sure we get to day five, co-creation. Co-creation. Okay. So, you know, for me, we te- this is such a big one that I'm really working with at the moment around um, that water is a teacher in co-creation. And in the understanding that we are really not creators, we are co-creators. And when we can let go of that concept of us as creator, but rather of us as co-creator with all of life and particularly with water, uh, there's a lot of healing in that understanding because I think we're really moving from a paradigm of uh, the omnipotence to the paradigm of interdependence. And so as we express our truth in co-creation, that is a the truth that is acknowledging all of what is co-creating with us in the moment. Beautiful. Day six, reflection. So water is the most extraordinary vessel of reflection, vehicle for reflection, water you know, reflects back to us. Still water reflects, is, is, is a very clear reflection. Um, and so in that sense, um, we look at water as a mirror on many, many different levels. On the level of we can actually see ourselves in water and water reflects back to nature, its form. So there's, this is part of the, the consciousness aspect and the wisdom aspect of, of reflection. But, it, you know, there's so many other layers of reflection of the meta-consciousness that water enables us by holding different le- forms of consciousness simultaneously. So it's the sixth chakra, which is really about uh, recognizing ourselves in all of the other watery beings that exist and ourselves in them. And in that sense, the intuition and the insight that comes from recognizing water as a mirror and the quality of water as the mirror of our culture. It feels very, very uh, potent in its healing uh, wisdom. Yes, indeed, indeed. Hearing you say that, it deepens in just naturally. It's like, yes, of course. And then Mm -hmm. day seven, revelation. So day seven, hmm, yeah, day seven is that deep revelation that sense of communion, that being with water in that sense of being connected to all of life. It's that those moments where we really actually through water and through the watery consciousness can connect to, to ourselves as one of those drops of that vast ocean that exists simultaneously now, but also in all, uh, over all of time. So that, that revelation of that interconnectedness through water, that it's not just one revelation, it's an ongoing revelation that reveals itself in many, many forms, um, is for me very connected to that revelation, uh, that the revelation that water can give us when we meditate so deeply with her. This is brilliant. And I just want to just 
share my gratitude, my deep gratitude for how um, tender and loving you co-steward all of this. It, the, the, the attention to detail is exquisite and there's so much depth and meaning here as you're sharing about each of those days. So thank you. Shelley for bringing this through for the planet on behalf of the planet and I know there's a thousand and one ways to participate and support this initiative seven days of rest from creating your own events to supporting others and maybe even just unplugging for seven days and going out in nature so can you say more about how people can get involved and support this yes absolutely um and thank you. I think you've said uh, said quite a bit, but it's a very open, co-creative event that invites participants to be nourished by the event and to nourish the event in any way they want. And nourishing the event can be done, you know, by holding sacred ceremony by oneself, by taking the rest and um, to really focus on healing relationships with water, with all of life, with oneself, but also to be uh, to be more actively engaged. Every day there will be um, a variety of offerings, inspirations that people can you, you can use freely. Uh, they can participate in any of the um, events online, the meditations that are shared, the inspirations. So there will be a page. For each day, which offers the offerings of that day that people are invited to, part of, you know, to just check in um, and use. But I think the most useful thing is to go to www.7days-of-rest.org um, and take a look. There's also you can t be inspired by past events. Uh, there's a calendar of the past events, and you can see how it worked in the past. And uh, please sign up to get the newsletter because information will also be in there. And we look forward to co-creating this with you to seven days of rest and radical healing that will then uh, move into a year of radical healing where we focus on on water and uh, on the healing of our planetary waters as the primary medicine for all at this time. And thank you so much, Julie, for this uh, beautiful space to share as always. And it's, it's a real pleasure. Mm, thank you. And I just want our listeners to know we will have um, some continuing conversations about World Water Law and World Water Year 2021. So do get ready. Sign up for that newsletter. Check out codes.earth as well. So you can read the World Water Law there and endorse, sign the petition. There's lots of ways to get involved. Thank you, Shelley, for everything and for bringing all of this information to us here today. Mm, thank you, Julie. And as I close today, I want to invite you into this powerful prescription, Seven Days of Rest and Radical Healing inaugurates World Water Year 2021 as a call to action for citizens of all nations, cultures, and ages to unite for life and to collectively transform how we organize ourselves as a species. Focusing our collective efforts toward healthy water for all, World Water Year 2021 has the potential to activate a worldwide whole systems healing process that will exponentially benefit all life. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now. 